Welcome to the Monday Night Podcast. This podcast is devoted to discussing biblical topics, current issues and events, and how they affect our life and our walk with God. I'm Pastor Kenneth Davis, and thank you for joining me for this next episode. I want to welcome you this evening to another edition of the Monday Night Podcast. Uh, except that it is Tuesday, October the 5th, 2021. If I don't start getting this produced and posted on the correct day, then I'm going to have to change the name of it to something else. Um, Maybe I shouldn't have put so much pressure on myself to get it done on a certain day, but I'll get it done and we'll get it posted and um, hopefully that you'll enjoy this. And thank you that those that have been listening uh, it may have been, uh, this may be two weeks since I posted a, uh, a new episode, but last week I was uh, pretty tied up with some responsibilities at the church and other things that I had to take care of. And time ran out, which is exactly what happens to each and every one of us most days. Time runs out. <clears throat> but we got a lot of things going on in the world and going on in our country that uh, can distract us and can keep our eyes away from where it truly needs to be, and that is on God and on God's Word. Uh, I'm going to title this this evening. I believe the last podcast was called An Elephant Never Forgets, and this is not a continuation of that podcast, but uh, I'm sure I could continue uh, what uh, the content that was in those words I uh, recorded last time, but this is just simply the elephant in the room, the elephant in the room. Now, I know that you're going to start wondering, what is he going to talk about tonight? Um, What's he going to talk about? Well, I'll tell you this, uh, it's pretty simple. Uh, Many of us has heard this phrase, uh, there's an elephant in the room, an elephant in the room. And if you just look up uh, what the definition of that (laughs) means is that uh, if you say there's an elephant in the room, and this is the Cambridge Dictionary, It says that you mean that there is an obvious problem or difficult situation that people do not want to talk about. An obvious problem or a difficult situation that people do not want to talk about. Um, That phrase, there's an elephant in the room, it applies to a lot of things. It applies to many things. Um, If you've ever, uh, you know, been in a situation where something was obviously going on, uh, something was obvious with another person, um, and uh, no one really wanted to talk about it, no one really wanted to point it out, no one wanted to bring it up, Uh, you would say there's an elephant in the room. Because the problem is just so big, the issue is just so enormous, but everyone wants to ignore it, no one wants to point it out. No one wants to say, aha, that is exactly what we are dealing with. And that is exactly what I need to deal with in my life. Now, when I say there's an elephant in the room, I'll put it this way. Uh, when teaching, when preaching, if you really want to bring up an elephant in the room, start talking about flesh. 
start talking about our carnality, really start bearing down on the things that flesh uh, causes us to do, causes us to think, causes people to act. Now, many people want to not take any type of um, you know uh, responsibility for their actions, and they say, you know, the cute little phrase, which is nowhere in the Word of God, that the devil made me do it. Uh, one writer said it this way, and I even used this uh, one night and uh, didn't seem to go over too well uh, because uh, one writer said, our, our flesh is bad enough to cause us to sin without the devil ever showing up. And, you know, that's the reality of life, and that's the reality of what we deal with. I believe many people think, well, if it wasn't for the devil, I would never do anything wrong. But our sin, our sin nature is still a problem that we have to deal with. Now, imagine if people realized a lot of the things that you're dealing with, the devil's not attacking you. That's just your natural state of sin, that things that cause you to think the way you do, the things to react the way you do, the anger, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the worry and things like that. Now, I know that everything we deal with that is against God, its source is from the enemy of our souls. But if I say, well, I'm going to talk on flesh tonight, uh, that's a elephant in the room because you can almost sense sometimes everyone is, um, you know, well, he's not talking about me, you know, he's talking about somebody else. Uh, it's not me that that needs to hear this. It's somebody else. And the problem with that is it's not directed at anyone. It's directed at everyone because everyone is flesh and everyone deals with flesh. And everyone has this elephant in our room of our lives that many times we get so accustomed to it being there, we don't even notice it being anywhere near us because we come so accustomed to flesh and what flesh causes and what flesh want, makes us want to do that it just, you know, it just becomes a part of everyday life. And that is when we really need to seek God and ask God to clear out that room. Ask God for guidance. Ask God to help us because it's not just right now and if you'll excuse me somebody decided to call me um it's not it's not i'll take care of this here and put it on do not disturb um it's not that um it's a new thing to deal with flesh it's not um it's not a new thing to deal with all the things we see here in society that we deal with the things on social media, the things on uh, TV, the things that are out there on the internet, whatever it may be. There's issues that people have problems with that I could sit here and name a list of a hundred things and never touch on what some people deal with. So what I'm just going to say is this. We all have an elephant in the room and that elephant is flesh and you can't ignore flesh. We can't, uh, you know, uh, we can't get around it. The more we try to uh, subvert what's going on and, and avoid it, we're just going to cause ourselves more and more problems rather than dealing with that. And I, I started to say before someone, uh, potential spam, decided to call me um, and break my train of thought. But 
what I started to say was, this has been something that's been going on since the beginning of time, since the Garden of Eden. And we can look at all the examples in the Word of God of those that dealt with flesh and those that fought against flesh, those that were overcome by flesh, and those that were victorious over flesh. One that we see and one that is very prominent that we talk about and read about all the time um, in the New Testament is the Apostle Paul. And if you're a King James person like I am, uh, you would read this in the King James most likely, but I'm going to read it in the Amplified Version. It's kind of lengthy, but I just want to talk about it for a little bit um, just to show you. Now, I'm not saying, well, Paul had trouble or Paul talks about the flesh and if, if an apostle like Paul dealt with the flesh, then I deal with the flesh, then, you know, that's okay because, no, uh, what Paul was telling us is that there's a better way than the flesh. There's a better way than dealing and struggling with the flesh. There are times that, um, and I, I said, you know, we've, we've been around people, we may be those people, who they'll say, I have so much trouble in my life, I'm dealing with this issue, I'm dealing with that issue, and it's almost as if they are blind and blindfolded in their own life and they cannot see the elephant that is creating havoc in their life that is their own flesh. They want to blame it on other things and everybody else around them, they see, you know, well, you're doing this and this is what's causing the problem. Uh, you're allowing this to happen and this is what's causing the problem. Uh, everyone else sees the elephant in the room but them. And somehow, and many times, they have been, uh, they have been, you know, misled in teaching, misled in counseling, misled in uh, the way that they have approached the issue that they deal with. Rather than saying, you know, this problem is my problem, it's my flesh. The only way to overcome the flesh is through the Word of God and through the Spirit of God. And so, I need to submit myself through the teachings of the Word of God, and allow the Holy Ghost to work in my life to fight against the things of this big fat elephant that's in my life that I'm dealing with. And I started to read uh, what Paul had written uh, and said to the Romans in Romans 7 and 14. And I'm going to read this in the Amplified Version because uh, it's just a little clearer. Uh, it's a little more expanded and gives us a few more words that we will understand what he's speaking of because I think this is something that's very important. You know, if if you read something and you don't really understand it, um, then whenever uh, you, you, you just kind of lose interest, uh, you get to reading it faster because, well, I don't understand it anyway. I'm just letting words go through my mind and uh, really not picking up on what it says. Uh, someone brought to my attention today uh, whenever you would have reading comprehension tests in school uh, you know my statement was you can't really prepare for a reading comprehension test because uh, you've got already have to have that ability and have that uh, level of education that you're trying to uh, read and answer questions because you know you're trying to process what you have just read and then answer questions immediately about it but uh, reading Romans 7 
sometimes reading the King James, it may get to where it's just going over my head because of the way that it is written. Um, and Paul says it this way, and I'll read several scriptures here. So, But if you want to make notes or go back and read it in the King James, uh, but he said, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am a creature of the flesh, worldly, self-reliant, carnal, and unspiritual, sold into slavery to sin and serving under its control. Paul was well aware and well acquainted with what it was that he dealt with and what it is that we all deal with that we are a creature of the flesh. That's the big elephant in our spiritual room, uh, that our, our flesh is worldly, it is carnal, it tries to rely on itself, it is under the control of flesh, and it is, there is nothing spiritual about our flesh. And Paul said, For I do not understand my own actions. I am baffled and bewildered by them. Whenever... You're taking inventory of what you're dealing with, and you say, I don't understand why I think this way. I don't understand why I reacted that way. I, I just don't, I don't know what it is that's causing me to be the way that I am. And society will tell you, run off and see a doctor. And a doctor will say, run off and see someone who can prescribe you something, and we'll keep you on that, you know, throughout the endless ages. Uh, and to be honest, the majority of people that I have known that have been honest about going through something like that um, they've come and told me that it does not really help uh, it makes things worse in other areas but when we do not understand our own actions uh, we've got to stop and say what is it that I'm going through what is it that's causing this and it is our flesh because Paul said I do not practice what I want to do but I am doing the very thing I hate. I am yielding to my human nature, to my worldliness, and to my sinful capacity. This is where people will say, well, I would have never done that, but the devil made me do it. You know, No, your sinful nature craves the things uh, of carnality, and it wants to do things that will satisfy you, that goes against God's word and goes against the spiritual uh, ways in the word of God. Then he goes on to say, now, if I habitually, if I habitually, you think about that. Now, many people have a lot of habits in their life and now it's just become, well, you know, it's just a habit. It's a habit I have. Um, even to so far as where some, uh, have taught and, uh, some have told people, in their teachings that, well, we're an authentic church. Uh, we understand that you, you're, you're an alcoholic and we understand that you're not going to stop drinking or you're not going to stop doing the things that you're doing. Uh, but, you know, we're just being real about ourselves and we're just being authentic about that. Paul was being very authentic when he said this. He said, you know, what I'm doing, the things that are habit, and, and, and many people, they get a free pass because they are told, well, you can't help yourself, so, but you're going to be all right. Um, Paul said, if I habitually do what I do not want to do, he said, then I agree with the law, confessing that it is good and morally excellent. 
He said, if I do that and do it habitually, he said, that means that I agree with the law, confessing that it is good and morally excellent. But he goes on to say this. So now if that is the case, then it is no longer I who do it or who is disobedient to the thing which I despise, but the sin nature which lives within me. For I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my flesh. He is approaching and he is pointing out the elephant for everyone. It is our sin nature. It is the sin of humanity. It is the law of sin in our lives that he tells us that it is my, my worldliness, my sinful capacity, my willingness. He said, for my willingness to do good is present in me. But the doing of good is not. Um, this gets into a whole lot of things where uh, someone will say, well, you know, I know this person. They don't go to church. I know they've never uh, tried to live right. And, and I'm using words that people say, um, trying to justify someone else. But, you know, I think, they're, I think, that they're, I think they'll go to heaven uh, because they're good. You see, Paul approaches and he takes care of that elephant he said yeah there is there is a willingness there's a want to do good he said but the the doing of good that's not present within me because it's sinful he said for the good that i want to do i do not do it but i practice the very evil that i do not want i believe one of the reasons that this was on my mind this week is because this is something that becomes detrimental to people who are trying to walk with God and trying to live a life obedient to God's word, that whenever they habitually realize and that they're doing things and it is habitual, it is over and over again. Um, it is a constant, you know, failure to them is what they feel and what they see in their lives. And, whenever Paul says, you know, the thing that I want to do is exactly what I don't do. But what I don't want to do is exactly what I keep on doing. Now, the enemy would tell people, well, you're fa why even try to live right? Why even try to live for God? Why even go to church? You just keep on failing. Well, I would rather try and fail and continue to work on that relationship with God than to fail and walk away and never go back to God. But the thing about this is, is when many people, they fall because they're flesh, but they don't see that elephant in the room. They want to blame it on something else. They want to blame it on the church. They want to blame it on the people. They want to blame it on their family. They want to blame it on their neighbors. They want to blame it on you know, their kids, the way they were, uh, the, the generational thing, you know, um, they want to blame it on the pastor, on the bishop, on whatever. I'm just trying to name anything and everything instead of the big elephant in the room. And that is their flesh. But when, and they'll walk away from church and say, well, I tried it and I'm never going back because one, they'll say they failed me. They didn't treat me right. Uh, my question is, are you treating God right? Is your relationship with God the way that it should be? Or are you a one and done type of person? I tried it and it didn't work out, so I quit. 
what you don't realize is is once eternity begins, there's no changing your mind. So you need to change it now. But I want to encourage you that if you are dealing with these things, um, you know, why do I lose my temper? Why do I uh, reach for this? Why do I think this? Why do I act this way? Why am I constantly struggling with this? Why am I struggling with Christian standards? Why am I struggling with, um, you know, Christian disciplines in my life? Why, uh, why do I struggle with modesty? Why do I struggle with my mouth? (laughs) Why do I struggle with, you know, uh, this and that, um, you know, why, uh, you you could say it this way, you know, I really want to pray more, but I, I'm constantly failing in prayer that, that I want to do. I don't do and what I don't want to do is what I end up doing. Um, I want to read my Bible more, but I'm constantly, you know, uh, being interrupted. I'm constantly uh, not doing what I want to do. And whenever we do those things over and over again, now maybe that's not something you would say is habitual, but um, if I am habitually, you know, not reading the Bible, not uh, studying the word, not praying, not going to church. Uh, you know, that's, there's more to it than just, oops, I did it again. And, um, what we need to look at is, is what the root cause and the root cause is always the flesh and it is always sin. Now I've got to get through the rest of what Paul's talking about here because he says that, um, he said, but if I am doing the very thing I do not want to do, I am no longer the one doing it. That is, it is not me that is doing the acts, but the sin nature which lives in me. So I find it to be the law, my inner self, that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. The evil that is inside our flesh is contradicting and fighting against wanting to be obedient to God's word. He said, for I joyfully delight in the law of God and my inner self with my new nature. Now, our new nature is whenever we have been repentant of our sins. We have been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of our sins. And we have received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, which is what was promised and what was given on the day of Pentecost. That is a, our, new, our new nature. We have been born again. He said, but I see a different, a different law and rule of action in the members of my body, in its appetites and desires, waging war against the law of my mind and subduing me and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is within my members. He said, I see this. I, I want to do, uh, I delight in the word of God. I delight in going to church. I delight in teaching and preaching the word of God. He was saying, I delight in fellowship, you may say. I delight in uh, doing things for the church because this is, you know, what is it's what I really want to do. But then he says, you know, I see this, that there's a a, a rule of action that and a, and a law that is there within the members of my body that, it kind of controls and affects my appetites, what I, what my body craves, what my flesh craves, and what I desire. And it is that sinful nature of the flesh, and it wars against, he says, the law of my mind, and it subdues my mind. 
making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is within me. And then he says, wretched and miserable man that I am, who will rescue me and set me free from this body of death, this corrupt moral existence. Right there is when, and if I was preaching, I would probably say we need to take a double shot of the Holy Ghost and let that elephant in the room have it because what is going to break the habitual uh, cycle of things that are affecting you is turning it over to God in each and every way. He said, I am miserable and wretched. And right there, people that, even people that are born again, according to the word of God, according to the book of Acts, they can find themselves sitting on Sunday morning in a church service and feel like they are wretched and miserable. They have failed during the week. They have fallen down. They have spiritually tripped, if you want to call it that. Um, the enemy's telling them you can't do this and, you know, why should you be expected to follow after, uh, you know, the flesh jumps in a bunch of rules. Why should you follow this? Why should you follow that? Who's going to tell you what to do? You know, that boy, that's, that's the enemy talking right there. Paul, the apostle who had been through many, many, many things, he's sitting here and he's writing these scriptures and he's telling them, he said, you know, I, I am miserable and I am wretched uh, the way that I am. And you think of what all that Paul went through. Um, you know, he, he, he was, there were so many things that he dealt with and so many things that he um, had to go through. Many times, you know, we get up in the morning, get ready, go to work, go to school, uh, go about our day. Uh, deal with the business you have to deal with in life. Uh, you know, you might have a conflict here or a conflict there with somebody, some, you know, this person or that person. Um, there may be things that trouble you. There may be things that are on your mind. There may be things that, uh, you know, cause us stress and anxiety. But listen to what the Apostle Paul, what he went through. Um, I'm trying to find the scripture here real quickly. Uh, it's in Second Corinthians chapter 12, and it's about verse... Uh, let me see here. It's about I should have noted this beforehand, uh, but he talks about, you know, all the things that he went through and um, he talks about the things that he had to deal with. And I believe I've got the wrong scripture there. Let me jump to the next chapter here. But, you know, he was, he was shipwrecked. He was put in prison. Uh, he dealt with many different things. And uh, he, you know, he, um, he even talks about having a thorn in the flesh here in uh, the second chapter of, uh, or 12th chapter of second Corinthians. Um, I was pondering on that earlier today and thinking about that. And, you know, many will try to determine what was Paul's thorn in the flesh. What was it that he dealt with? And he said, you know, he said that he was given a thorn in the flesh. It was a messenger of Satan. Um, we don't know what it was. Um, some would say that it was what he refers to as the chief, uh, chiefest apostles um, there in Second Corinthians chapter twelve. But uh, what what that 
uh, is really saying is they're they're called chiefest apostles or super apostles. These were false teachers uh, who come in promoting themselves to be apostles who they really weren't. But you know the the false teaching of these people could have been the thorn uh, in the flesh that could have been a messenger of Satan that he had to deal with that followed him around uh, everywhere he went to preach, trying to uh, turn people against him and turn people against the true gospel. But Paul went through all these things, and what I was saying was is that despite all the things that he went through, um, he still stayed true to God, even though he had this thorn in the flesh. Some said it say it could have been a physical element. Some say it could have been his eyesight, um, you know, whatever it may be. Look at it this way. The thorn in the flesh could just be our flesh. That's what it really could just boil down to. It's, uh, you know, it's our flesh is just our thorn that we that we deal with. And he says, but, you know, wretched and miserable that I am. He said, who's going to rescue me? Who's going to set me free? And he said, but thanks be to God for my deliverance through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then on one hand, I myself with my mind serve the law of God, but on the other with my flesh, my human nature, my worldliness, my sinful capacity, I serve the law of sin. But he said, thanks be to God for my deliverance. He knows that it is a day-by-day thing that he is dealing with. He knows it's something that each and every one of us are going to have to suffer through. And it does not matter. You know, there are no super Christians. There may be people that you are acquainted with that seem like they are walking on cloud nine all of the time. And I have to just comes to my mind here. And of course, it's been on my mind a lot lately, but we just had the passing of a gentleman in our church and uh, uh, a sudden passing. And this gentleman, he was always positive. He was always positive. Uh, Every reply he ever gave was a positive thing. But even whenever we are positive all the time, we are still human. We are still flesh. And. Um, what we have to do is say, you know, I may have this miserable uh, thorn that I deal with, but I'm not going to let that thorn get me down. I'm not going to let that thorn destroy me. I'm not going to let this uh, thing that um, that I struggle with continue to be the thing that destroys me, but I am going to destroy. I'm going to let the Holy Ghost subdue it and the Holy Ghost break the chain that is trying to bind me from what I'm dealing with. Now, I've already went over my time by just a minute already, but um, if you think about it this way, um, the best way to deal with flesh is to be straightforward and upfront with it, not letting it off the hook. Well, that was just my flesh. You know, that was just my flesh. The greatest thing to know is, is that whenever your flesh rises up and starts trying to cause problems, that immediately you feel the Holy Ghost correct you and convict you and cause you to want to ask God for forgiveness. That is the greatest feeling in the world because you know that you are right there allowing God's spirit to work in you and to work with you. 
and you're asking God to help you be better every single day and you're and you're striving, you're not struggling. You're not fighting, but you're being victorious. You're not uh, you know, perishing, but you are overcoming everything that comes your way. And the enemy will throw those things at us every day. Our flesh is always there to let us know we're still human. And until we leave this life, we will always be human. But thanks be to God who giveth the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I'm going to close right here with this. And I just want to say, uh, I want to encourage you to not avoid the elephant in the room. But take that elephant head on in the power of Jesus' name, and you will be victorious. Have a great rest of the week. God bless you, is my prayer. (laughs) 